Hey there, listener. This week is a little bit busy with my kindergartner starting school and my fourth grader going back to school. So I am sharing a replay of one of my most popular podcasts from the past, and it's all about how you can structure your coaching sessions so your clients get better results. Now, I have to tell you, I have some pretty embarrassing stories about when I was first coaching and the kinds of mistakes that I made when I was first coaching because, frankly, I just didn't know better. So this episode is designed to help you feel more confident so that you have more effective coaching sessions so that your clients love the work they're doing with you. And let me just make a quick mention that if you have not joined my online community yet, I would love to see you there. It's a free Facebook community called the Confident Health Coach Community. That's a great place to connect with other health coaches and with me and to get business advice and support. And you can find it by searching the Confident Health Coach Community on Facebook or by going to theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash insider. I'll be back again next week with some new episodes. Thanks for listening. Hey there, you're listening to the How To School for Health Coaches. I'm Julia Sarver, and I created this podcast for health coaches who know they want more. Listen, I've been where you are, excited about building something special, but not sure how to actually make it happen. That's what this podcast is all about, showing you the step-by-step process for launching and growing your thriving coaching practice. It's time to tap into your potential. Let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the How To School for Health Coaches. I want to dig into something today that so many of you have asked me about, which is how to structure coaching sessions so that your clients get better results. I know it can be really helpful to have some kind of outline as you start coaching, so that's what we're going to cover in this episode. And I also want to remind you that the best way to become a great coach is, of course, by coaching. The more clients you have, the better you're going to get at coaching. That's just how it works. There is just no other way to become a great coach without actually having clients and seeing what works and what doesn't. And I know, I know that can be hard to hear because I know we want to show up and give people our very best work. But I also think that it's absolutely okay to do the best that we can now and always work on getting better. So that does mean that maybe your first clients are not going to get the very best coaching you've ever done, but they can still get very, very good coaching from you. And the coaching that you can do when you first start out is still worthwhile and it can still help people. So I just want to remind you that you are already skilled enough to help people. And the fact that you want to get better is a solid sign that you are going to become a great coach. And as I've said before, it's really important to start working with clients as soon as you can so you can start honing your skills. And that's why I created a free guide for you that's called 21 Ideas for Finding Health Coaching Clients. It's a downloadable guide that walks you through 21 ways to find and sign health coaching clients. 
And you can grab that for free at theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash 21 ideas. So again, that link is theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash 21 ideas. And I want you to go get that. If you're feeling nervous about finding clients, or if you feel like you're not sure how to find clients, that guide is going to walk you through all of it. And it really is the first step to becoming a great coach. Okay. Let's talk coaching sessions. So I want to tell you that even though I think I'm a pretty good coach now, I didn't used to be this good of a coach. And when I graduated nutrition school, we received a handout that had outlines for each of the 12 sessions we were supposed to do over the course of six months with our clients. I have to tell you, I found that this didn't work very well. Even though it was helpful for me to have those outlines, sometimes I would be talking to clients about things that they didn't really care about, or I wasn't really doing the work of digging into what the client's motivation was, what the client really wanted. So I just want to say, if you feel like you have some work to do or some learning to do, that's okay because I did too. And we were supposed to go through these 12 sessions after we did a health history with people to get them to work with us. And so if you have ever used a health history or a discovery session, I want to start there because in my opinion, we can be doing this model better because I really do think that coaching starts before the person even says yes to working with us. So I have found that health histories don't actually give us the information we need in order to know if the person we're talking to is a good fit for our coaching program or not. And when I was first starting out, I remember just sort of being willing to take anyone because I felt like I needed the money, but also I knew that I needed to work with people in order to um, actually get the experience that I'm asking you all to get right now. But what I found is that when I was using health histories, there was something about that intake form that, you know, had me gather all this information about people, but it sort of missed the point of, is this person a good fit for me? Can I actually help this person? So I pretty quickly stopped using health histories. um, And instead, I just now invite people into 15 to 20 minute getting to know you conversations. So in those conversations, I ask potential clients why they set a time to talk with me. I also ask them what their goals are, what they've already tried, and why they think they haven't gotten there yet. I have to tell you, those four to five questions, they're enough. It's enough for me to tell if I can help the person or not. And it's also enough for me to tell if the person is actually going to show up and do the work. So I want to make sure that I am a good fit for the client, but I also want to make sure that the client is a good fit for me. Um, And I do that before I ask them if I can share about my programs, because It's really important to be working with clients who we feel confident we can help. That's something that is going to be a key step in building your confidence um, over the long run. And if you're wondering why I don't do health histories anymore and, and what I do instead, I actually recorded a live video about this over on my business Facebook page. Um, You can find that at The Confident Health Coach, and you can search for health histories. That video will come up under the videos section. 
I'm going to link to that video in the show notes as well, because so many people told me that video was so helpful and helping them understand how to do a better job of converting clients without using really long health histories. So you can find, like I said, you can find that link in the show notes, which will be at theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash podcast. This is episode 16, so you'll just need to click on episode 16 to get to that video link. Okay, so we've covered a lot of background info, um, but let's talk about what actually makes a great coaching session. And I'm willing to bet you have experienced really great coaching, and you have probably also experienced so-so coaching, right? Or someone who's still learning. And I have found that really great coaching sessions are much more focused on what the client needs and their long-term goals rather than an arbitrary set of conversations that we've been told to have by our nutrition schools, or maybe we've purchased a bundle of um, outlines um, through some kind of a content package. Even though those can be helpful, what I find is that talking to people about things they don't care about, well, it just, it just doesn't work very well. And I'll tell you what a good coaching session is not. It's also not the coach spending the whole time talking to the client about the benefits of kale or Ayurvedic doshas or how vitamin D supports the immune system. So trust me, this is a mistake that I have definitely made and I no longer do what my husband calls informing my clients against their will. I can laugh about it now, but back when I first started um, coaching, I definitely did this. And I think this is honestly a common mistake coaches make, and it's because we aren't sure what we should be doing. So then we tend to fill the time and the empty space with information, but that's not really what coaching is about. So here's what I do. As I said earlier, I make sure that I do a really solid intake session with my, in my very first session. So that first session with my client, I spend a lot of time with them asking so many questions and taking great notes. And for me, this session is all about figuring out what my client wants, why she wants it, what she's already tried, why she thinks those things that she's tried haven't worked, and and what is she doing that's keeping her from reaching her goals. It might be subconscious. It might be a pattern, right? And we can just sort of look and see What has already happened? Like, let's dig into what has already happened so we can understand what already happened. And then we need to understand where does she want to go? And why does going there matter to her? We really, really need to dig into her motivation. And it needs to go beyond because then I'll fit into my clothes. Okay, so fitting into your clothes, why does that matter? Because I'll feel good about myself okay, so why does feeling good about yourself matter? And just keep asking that version of the question until you get to the the golden nugget, to the thing that is really worth doing the work to her. And even though fitting into a smaller size of pants can feel really good, there's something deeper there. There's almost always something deeper there. Um, And like I was just saying, it's really important in this first session to get an understanding of why the effort of making changes will be worth it to her. And the reason is I see so many coaches who try to help clients make changes that the clients might actually not want, or we want the change for them more than they want the change for themselves. 
We can recognize this in ourselves when we say or think things like, well, the client needs to do XXX. But what actually matters is what the client wants. Because what she wants is going to be a way bigger motivator than what she needs. I actually talk about how to properly do an intake session in depth in episode number five, three essentials your coaching program must include. So you can find that on any podcast player where you're listening to this podcast, the How To School for Health Coaches, or you can find it on our website at theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash podcast. I know that I'm giving you a lot of links and a lot of tools in this episode, but there are lots of pieces that I want you all um, to have because this is important. Understanding how to coach and understanding how to structure coaching sessions really makes a difference in if you're going to get referrals um, or not from your clients. And it really makes a difference in, in whether you're going to be able to get your clients to a place where they are thrilled with the work they've done with you and where they've gotten incredible results. And I know that that's something that you want. So good coaching is about holding space for a client and helping the client come up with their own goals and then making their own decisions about how they're going to reach their goals. Great coaching is about helping a client see where they're getting stuck. It's about asking good questions, and it's about challenging them to get out of their own way. And it all starts with that first session of understanding what they really and truly want, because you want to keep coming back to that. Once we know what they want, other sessions start to get really easy. So I usually start each session by checking in with my clients and seeing how things have shifted from the week before. I also make sure to ask where they think things are working well. Like, let's find out what has worked well for you. How are things? What has worked well in the last week? And then also say, where can we do some troubleshooting? Where do you feel like you're still getting stuck? And if they say, actually, you know, I absolutely have that under control, then you can say, that's fantastic. So what you're telling me is that you have done these things and it's all feeling good. Great. So where should we go next, right? So I think sometimes as the coach, we feel like we have to say, okay, good. So you handled your water intake and so now we must look at your sleep. But I find that that doesn't work as well as asking the client, what should we work on next? Or, or what is feeling important to you today? By asking good questions, I'm able to pay attention to what feels like it's most important for that client in that session, rather than trying to figure that out in advance, right? I'm not a mind reader, you're not a mind reader, and it helps us stay in the moment, and it also helps us give the client what they want, but also what they actually need in the moment. And sometimes it's easiest, like I was just saying, to just ask the client directly by saying something like, How would you like to use our time together today? I also just want to mention that, of course, I do check in about water intake and sleep quality and stress management and even self-love and self-confidence and self-care. But the point I'm trying to make is that those things will come up naturally as long as you keep the client's goals and the work she is doing toward her goals front and center. That is way, way, way more important than having an artificial plan around talking about water in session two, sleep in session seven, or making the mistake I did where I droned on and on about Ayurveda in a session with a client. It was session eight. 
I mean, this was over a decade ago, and I will never forget that it was session eight, because that is what the outlines from my nutrition school said. Session eight is about this. She couldn't have cared less. She did not care even a little bit. And frankly, it wasn't my interest area either. And I was doing it because I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing. So that's why I want to share what I do now, because I I really look back at that and, and look at that as one of my, I don't want to call it a failure, but it was a place where that really didn't work. And so I had to learn to do it differently. I find it is so much more effective. And my clients really love getting to direct the conversations. And most importantly, they get much, much better results when I stay focused on their goals, their outcomes, the work they've been doing and where they are getting stuck. So I hope this resonates. I would love to know. You all can find me on social. I'm at The Confident Health Coach pretty much everywhere. But I want to give you a few bonus tips before we wrap up today. Um, I also want to disclaim myself and make sure to say that you always do need to stay within your scope of practice when you're working with clients. And staying focused on their goals is a great way to do that. But for when you're feeling really stuck, here are a few ideas to try. You can ask your client to do a three-day food and mood journal. This is simply them tracking what they eat and how they feel. I find that it's helpful to give this homework earlier on in the coaching relationship. One, because it helps the client see like, oh yes, I'm doing something tangible, right? But also, so often what we say we're doing and what we're actually doing, those two things can be very, very different. So I like to do it for three days instead of five or seven or 10, because I find that clients are more likely to stick with it for three days and then actually track things versus with longer journals. And I'd frankly rather have three quality days of tracking than a week where a lot has been missed. So that's one thing you can try. If you're ever in a position where you're not sure where to go next in the coaching relationship, You can, instead of talking to the client about what they want, you can flip it and you can talk to the client about what feels hardest or what they feel like they can't achieve. You can ask them like, do you feel like you have something that you want, but it feels out of reach? And and if you do feel like that, is it actually out of reach or are you creating kind of an artificial stopping point or an artificial goal line? A lot of us have this line we draw for ourselves where we think, well, that's just, that's good enough for me, or I can't ever get that far. And I just think this is an interesting conversation, and it is very different from asking, what do you want? This is a version of asking, what do you want that you think you can't have? And this gives us really good insight into where our clients are stopping themselves. And it also helps us set any additional goals or adjust plans if needed. Um, This can just be a nice conversation to have if you feel like there's more, but the client isn't telling you. Okay, another thing you can do that I think is super helpful is you can learn how to pre-frame expectations. Many of your clients are going to start off strong and they're going to be like, okay, it's week three. This is easy. I can do it forever. And then they're going to have a setback by week four or five. This is totally normal, but it's also going to make them feel like giving up. Um, And as you probably know, though, the place where we start to slip again, that's where things start to get good because that's where the work 
needs to be done, right? Like it's not in the first two weeks where it's easy. It's where we start to slide back into old habits or we start to doubt ourselves. If we can dig in and do work there, that's when things start to change. So we have to learn how to course correct when we sabotage ourselves. And it's just really helpful maybe in the first session, in that intake session, to to just say, let's talk about expectations. Um, And you can say to them, you will, there will be a time when you will want to give up. And here's what it will probably look like. And here's why it matters that we don't give up then, right? Because that is where the change happens. It's just helpful to tell them that that's going to happen. um, Because one, they're going to be amazed when they say, oh my gosh, you said this was going to happen and it's here. And two, it just sort of tells them Nothing is wrong with you if that happens. Like that just means that we've gotten to the point where we get to dig in and and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Another thing I want you to do is to get really good at asking tough questions. The key to this is not to ask questions in a tough way, but to ask tough questions in a loving way. And I actually have a resource for this um, that you can grab from the show notes where I've included 14 of my favorite tough love coaching questions. This is a guide that I made. Like I said, it's free. Um, And I also explain in that guide this is this is why we ask this question. This is when we ask this question. Like it, it gives you this advice of like, use this question in these situations. A ton of my clients have said this PDF has deepened their coaching skills, which is exactly what I want. Um, and uh, I think it's just a good starting point to think about how can I start asking some tough questions to help the client dig deeper. Um, so like I said, I'll link that in the show notes, which again, that link will be at theconfidenthealthcoach.com slash podcast. And then just click on episode 16, which is this episode, and you'll see that linked there. Finally, I want you to make a note in your calendar to check in with the client and her goals halfway through your program together. The reason for this is the goals that we set at the start of something often aren't the same as as what we want to achieve later. So it's basically just a check-in to say, here are the goals we set. Are these still your goals? Or it seems like we've already met these goals. Where should we go next? Um, maybe they're, sometimes clients will set goals that are really, really big or they're not clear enough. So then we might say, I'm feeling like these goals, maybe we can refine them a little. Is there a way that we can do that together? Um, It's really helpful to have an entire session that's mostly focused on how they feel the coaching relationship is going. That way you know, are they getting what they want? Are they getting what they thought they signed up for? And this way you won't be surprised if they say like, oh, I don't like this, it's not working for me. And this gives us a great opportunity to course correct if we need to, both in in what you're offering the client, but also in what the client is coming to the relationship for. So I actually find do that session six usually is when I do it just to say, hey, we're at the halfway point. Let's talk. Like, how is this going for you? It doesn't have to be, you know, super intense, but it's just nice to sort of check in and see. Okay, that was a lot of information for a pretty short podcast episode. So you might have to play it again to take all these notes. Um, And I just, as always, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen. My goal with these podcasts really is to provide you with these actionable steps. I hope you are leaving this episode feeling like, okay, the next time I go into a coaching session, 
here is what I'm going to do differently, or here is something I'm going to try. And if you do like this podcast, I would love to ask you to take a moment to follow or like or subscribe wherever you're listening to it. And if you like this particular episode, I would be really grateful if you could rate and review it. Let me know which part you like the best in your review and let me know what you're going to go try because I'm so curious. I will be back with another episode next week and I just want to say take care and stay safe and bye for now.